Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 214 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Real Good Foods, Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. There are links to all of the wonderful sponsors in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. Today, I'll be speaking with Isabel. She's a nurse from Australia. Well, I think she's from Scotland, but she could be from New York. It's hard to tell. She's a bit of a jet setter. Or at least she was when she was younger. Isabel has type 1 diabetes. She's the mom of two adorable children, one of them who you're going to meet at the end of the episode. And she runs a business in Australia called InRange Diabetes. You can check that out at inrangediabetes.com.au. That's right. We have so many Australian listeners at this point. I have to do episodes just for you guys. Thanks for that, by the way. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before becoming bold with insulin or making any changes to your healthcare plan. In my mind, you understand, in my adult American mind, you live in a, what I'm assuming is a shack made of three boards and an alligator's tail. Oh, and I'm, I'm, close, I'm close to that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, in fact, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's oh, I enjoy my shack. That's excellent. So I'm Isabel. I am um, a type 1 diabetic and have been since I was 10, so for 24 years. I'm a mother of two little ones, <laughs> one two-year-old and a three-month-old. Um, and I live in Australia. Okay, now, you're probably going to be fairly impressed, Isabel, when I tell you that you're 34 years old. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Very good Thank you, thank you very much. There. I appreciate this. Um, <laughs> well, so Australia, but you're, are you from Australia or are you from America? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually from Scotland. Okay. Um, so I moved to um, America when I was four. I lived in LA for four years and New York for four years and then lived in Sydney, Australia for four years and then moved back to America for a year and then back to Australia. So we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second as well, but I think your, your <laughs> microphone might be touching your clothes though. So I'm getting like, uh, like a little, scrap. okay. Yep. Yep. So all right, cool. Um, okay, so I could hear you fine. I just, there was a little bit of scraping in the background that will, at some point while we're talking, bother me more than anybody else. And I'll just be here, sitting, <laughs> you'll be talking and I'll be thinking, I can hear it hitting her sweater. I can and, hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so obviously I didn't keep up as much as I would have liked, but you were born in Scotland, <laughs> moved yep. to Los Angeles, moved yep. to New York, moved yep. to Australia. Yep, and then back, back to New York to New York and back again. <laughs> yep. So your parents or you, I'm assuming <laughs> one of you, is an international gangster. Is that correct? <laughs> yep, totally. Um, no, my my dad uh, worked for the Bank of Scotland, which doesn't really sound like it means you would travel a lot, but um, but we 
we yeah, I guess he got promoted every every once in a while, and we we moved. You kept moving around. I prefer to think that you were yeah. running, you were running from your father's gambling debts. I think it's a much, <laughs> it's a much more exciting story. <laughs> it's more exciting. I'm going to tell myself in my head as we're talking. <laughs> well, that's really crazy. Now, how did you find being transplanted so many times? I guess the first time when you're four, do you have a recollection of thinking, "Wow, none of these people speak correctly"? Uh, no, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. Um, and even the next move, uh, nothing, next two moves, nothing, but it was when I was, um, 12 and we moved back to New York. That was hard. Um, and everyone just kind of ignored me. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's why, if I can guess on the, on the, uh, just at the onset, you have an Americanized Australian Scottish accent, which you can actually hear all yep. parts of while you're speaking. It's it's fascinating. Yep. <laughs> you you start you start off Scottish, you trail off Australian, and everything's just a little American <laughs> as you go. I, yep, I'm, so I hear it's very strange. Do you hear it or no? I'm sure you don't hear it. If you're in the Orlando, Florida area, it's time to start thinking about the Dancing for Diabetes Touch by Type One event that's going to be on May 18th. Go to dancingfordiabetes.com to find out more. That's dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. I think you're going to know one of the speakers. He sounds a lot like me. I can't hear it at all, and um, I, I usually, I, well, I'm, I was going to say I usually can't hear accents very well, but then if I hear an accent that's Scottish or one that's an American, I'm, I can get it right away. Um, so two things, yeah. the, the listeners, the, I have a lot of listeners on the West coast who are originally from the East coast. I get a ton of notes that tell, tell me that the podcast makes them feel comfortable because I talk the way they grew up. And yep. every time I get that, I think, Oh, that's so nice. And then the second thing I think is I don't speak any specific way, which is completely untrue. Um, <laughs> yep, I, no, really. none of us, none of us really <laughs> feel like that. The other thing is my brother-in-law is from Scotland and has made no real effort to in any way Americanize how he speaks. And <laughs> when I speak to him, I stare at him. I listen incredibly intently. To pick up all I really hear is, I, I, as he's talking. And, and I just, I try so hard and I'm looking and looking and looking. And sometimes you hear key words and then you just get to the pause point and you go, ha, 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 because uh, yep. I don't know what he's saying. You assume something has been said. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's fascinating. Now, his wife hears him perfectly and she's from, you know, Pennsylvania. So I, maybe if I lived with him longer, I would figure it out. But nevertheless, it just sounds like I, mm -hmm. I, I to me. And I'm not trying to be cartoonish about it. I mean, he mumbles. No, through, completely. Right? He mumbles <laughs> through what he's saying. He uses a lot yep. of slang that has no no perspective for me whatsoever. And then yep. speaks very quietly. And then every once in a while just gets excited. This all sounds very familiar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, it does. Is that, how, is that how your father speaks? Or he was able to pull it together to get his promotion at the bank, I guess. <laughs> No, he's uh, well. My friends think occasionally um, they have difficulty here, like understanding him. Right. Um, but I think because he was, you know, in the business world and whatever, he um, has quite—I uh, don't know—good, understandable 
<laughs> it's funny how an international world changes everything. A friend of mine just the other day pulled out his phone and he said, listen to this voicemail. And he was, it, he was left a voicemail by uh, a colleague of his in India. And we have, I mean, to say that my daughter's best friend is Indian is not an understatement. Like there's a, a pretty big Indian population where I live. And, and I mm. listened to that voicemail and I said to him, I was like, I didn't hear three words. I'm sorry. And, and, how do you, <laughs> and how do you do your job? And he said in the first couple of weeks when I was at this company, I, was, I really did have to sit around and intently try to like s- slow myself down and listen. Because he's like, you can hear once you can hear. You, you know? And I was like, that's really yeah. kind of weird. But okay, so you're an international <laughs> jet setter who got back to New York when she was 12 and do you think it was yep. just because you were from somewhere else and you had an accent that the kids kind of, or did you, and how did you find that? Because you're two years into your diabetes at that point, right? Uh, oh, wait, hold on. No. So, okay, four, I was four when I got to LA, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. I moved away from America when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and then moved back when I was 16. Is that when you had the trouble? Like with people. Yes, yes, that's when I had the trouble. Just going, oh, that's yeah. When I when I moved back again, yeah, and I I particularly wanted to go back to the same the same area and the same school, obviously, because I was like, oh, I've got friends there, you know, it'll be easy. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, no, that was harder. Well, yeah, sixteen's a weird time to try to insert yourself into a friend yeah, circle. No, that's a weird time. Plus, yep. we, yeah, yep. no, no, I, I hear that. Plus, they probably thought there was a deadly spider hanging in your closet. That you brought back with you from Australia, which is my <laughs> entire understanding of Australia, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I've now, I will tell you that the, the the podcast is, I don't think oddly, but incredibly popular in Australia. I'm and uh, yeah, New Zealand and that whole area gets a lot of downloads. So thank you, everybody. Um, and that's Very not, cool. That's not why I had Isabel on just to make you people feel better. That's not why I did this. I'm just kidding. It's not why. So, Isabel, you are a diabetes educator beyond having type 1 diabetes. Is that right? Yes. I'm a registered nurse and a diabetes educator. So, I've been uh, doing my own uh, private practice for three years now in diabetes education. Okay. So, prior to that, you worked in a hospital? Uh, No. So, that just means, uh, yeah, you can either be public or private in Australia and public just means you work in a hospital um, and private private is that you've basically set up your own practice practice yeah, yeah. okay we're going to probably stumble on a couple of words that aren't going aren't, aren't to sync up here but that's okay so do, yep. you, so do you have a doctor in your practice or are you the are you the medical expert in the in the practice uh, I so I'm the only one in the practice um, normally here you would have well, no, not normally, but a lot of diabetes educators here work out of a general work out of a di- a doctor's practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to. Basically, set up shop on your own, and you're just you're just focused on helping people with type one. Well, no, type one and type two, type technically. Two. Okay. Um, yeah, um, because yeah, it's too hard just to do type one. <laughs> um, but yeah, just basically. So you're supporting people there. with diabetes in Australia on your very, by the way, very industrious because you have two little kids. 
I, I had tr- I had trouble this weekend planning cutting the lawn with something else because I have children. I was like, I don't know if I could do both things in one day. Uh, but you were you were obviously a little more industrious than I am, and and so this is pretty cool. So what is your because your your email to me was, hey, I found the podcast six months ago or so, and I'm enjoying it, and and I felt like you were saying you and I think about things very similarly. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um and I don't know I don't know where that stems from in me. I just um taking each day as it comes and you know not not thinking too much of of you know the bad days and then just just carrying on and that kind of thing. Just sort of staying fluid with the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. it's interesting because g- genuinely right before you and I got on uh, about an hour before we started, it's it's very early in the morning where I am, and it's very late at night where you are. And so, yep. and by the way, thank you for staying up to do this. It's very nice. Um, and, <laughs> and so, Arden is in high school now, and she's been in there for about a month now. And I got a text this morning that said, uh, "My friend and I are going to go down to the cafeteria in between classes and get something to eat," which is not something that has ever really happened before. You know, my son would do it all the time. Like he'd be like, I jumped out of Spanish real quick and got a bagel or I did like, but she was suddenly saying it to me and only about, you know, only about a half an hour before her blood sugar just, it was crazy. It was sitting at like 110 and I was pretty happy with it and I didn't think much of it. And all of a sudden I got 135 like straight up. Like it just, the decks just said, wow, she's jumping up. So we pretty aggressively bolused for the 135 straight up. And, you know, it leveled off at 140, and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll pull it back down slowly. You know, maybe we'll make another decision soon. But before I could do yeah. that, she texts me, and she's like, we're going to go get something to eat. And so I said, what are you going to eat? And she said, I don't know. I've never done this before. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so when are you going? In a few minutes. I said, well, bolus a unit right now. And she's like, okay. And before I knew it, I thought, nah, what are the odds that what she's going to get is – that small plus she's 140 and I wasn't sure that the small bolus I used for the hour up was really going to bring her blood sugar back down anyway so I texted her back I said do you know do two units so she did two about eight ten minutes later I get a text that says I have a hash brown which <laughs> I I said okay is it bigger than your hand or smaller than your hand and she's like it's not really <laughs> exactly. as big as my, you, you know like right so she tells me it's a little smaller than her hand and I'm go okay. So she can't. She's got this great signal in the school, but it's just for text. Like if you try to send a picture out of that school, it gets all like bound up. You know. So I was like, well, forget taking a picture of it. Oh, how strange. Yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. and beyond that, who cares, right? It's a hash brown about the size of her hand. You would buy it at school. And I thought to myself, couldn't possibly be more than 25 carbs. Is my guess, yes. right? And so I'd given her two units. She was 140. I figured that the 0.6 I gave her for the arrow up probably just stopped the arrow. It wasn't going to bring it down. So I needed another 0.7 to bring her back down. And the thing was, I was like, all right, just double your basil for an hour on top of this basically 2.6 that's already going. And uh, right before you and I got on, I told her to cancel the temp basil. And her blood sugar is 88 and nice and stable. Now, there you go. that is the key, the core of what you're talking about, of just staying fluid and and rolling with it because yeah i mean imagine the other side of that i'm 140 i want to go get a hash brown right now most people would have just said no 
Like, right? Like, yeah. yeah. You can't eat now. Like, don't eat now because I don't know what's going exactly. on. Exactly. Let's just not do this. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And so instead, I was just like, let's just be aggressive here and we'll cut back if we need to. And if we have to, you know, if we have to cheat with some sugar at the end because we got it wrong too aggressively, better than you being 200 over eating this stupid hash brown, right? And I'm really thrilled. Yeah, exactly. I'm thrilled with how it worked out. But is that something that you just picked up along the way as you were growing up? Because because it's interesting, right? Because you've gotten diabetes education in America and, and <laughs> like in a couple of different places. So is this just an amalgam yep. of different ideas? How did you come to this? I can tell you how I came to it, but how did you come to it? I just went to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. I hadn't been there in a while. And Omnipod spruced it up. They put new images there and some new text. It's uh, it's quite fancy. From there, there's nothing to do except fill in your name, your zip code, your email address, and a phone number. Then you tell Omnipod what kind of diabetes you have, and you're off to the races. You get to experience the Omnipod for yourself because they're going to send you an absolutely free, no-obligation experience kit. You like that new word? It's not a demo pod anymore. They're calling it an experience kit now. I like it. It's more uh, It's more now. It's more hip. It's what's happening. That's how the kids are talking. So if you're considering insulin pump therapy, the best way to understand the comfort and convenience the pod offers is to try it firsthand. Get your free experience kit, which includes a sample non-functioning pod, and see what you think. There's absolutely no obligation to buy. You'll be able to wear a non-functioning pod to see how it feels, find the area on your body that works best for you, and experience what freedom feels like when you wear an insulin pump that doesn't have any tubing attached. If you'd like to try the insulin pump that Arden's been wearing for over a decade, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. When you get there, fill in the information, click the big red button that says request your experience kit, and you'll be well on your way. Myomnipod.com forward slash juice box with the links in your show notes or juiceboxpodcast.com. The Omnipod is one of the best decisions we've ever made for our daughter, and I think you'll love it too. This is the perfect way to find out, because there's absolutely no obligation or cost, and summer's coming. Wouldn't you like to swim with an insulin pump that doesn't have tubes? We were diagnosed, obviously, um, in New York, and they didn't really, I guess, educate us too much at that time, um, and it was largely down to my mom basically learning on the fly. Sure. So it was a lot of books and that kind of thing. And, um, and I think, I don't know, just as time went by, I, I was just curious, um, and, and look to different avenues to learn, learn things. And, um, and also just, yeah, we, did it as it came. That's <laughs> right. You just figured it out as it, as it comes. There's a, a, a graph online today and a Facebook page where a parent's like, look at this. It's the pump. It's this. It's that. I'm like, your kid just doesn't have enough insulin. Like, I can see it <laughs> looking at it. Like, you, you can try blaming the pump if you want. You can try blaming the food if you want. You can try blaming everything if you want to. You didn't use enough insulin. And now this kid's high. And you keep using not enough insulin to try to bring him or her back down. So you start to get a fall again. Then it levels off because you don't have enough insulin. And, and so <laughs> yep. that weird thought I ended up explaining by saying, listen, if your blood sugar is too high, you've either, you know, you know, 
you use, you've used the, the wrong amount of insulin or you've mistimed it or sort of a combination of both. And if your blood sugar is too low, you've used the wrong amount of insulin, you've mistimed it or a combination of those two ideas. That really is it. The whole yep. thing is timing and amount, right? It's just... Exactly. Right. You yeah. call it whatever you want. I don't care. I don't give a what you call it. it you, you know, but it, yep. it's, it's not a thing. It's not a rule. It's not a... It's just common sense. Exactly. It's just... Yeah, that's exactly right. Right, right. And so when you try to teach that to somebody, when someone comes into your 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 boathouse, right? Let's assume that's where your business is, in a <laughs> boathouse um, where you spend half of your day beating away crocodiles and the other half helping people with diabetes. When someone comes in and shows you a graph like that, how do you explain it to them? It's dependent on the particular person who you're explaining it to, um, yeah, be they adult or, or child, but also that particular person's personality which I guess you get you know off of off of um, how they appear and how they talk to you and what they say to you and everything like that so it, it changes for everyone sure no I, um, I hear you because I spoke to somebody this is long ago long and a long ago enough now that I don't feel like I'm hurting anyone's feelings but I spoke to someone who one time was a younger parent and I mean really younger and didn't appear through like initial contact that they probably got much past high school and their understanding of things was really, um, more basic. Right. Like, and yeah. I, I really credit the conversation that I had with that person years ago but to simplify the ideas because I was yeah. on the phone with a person I never met before who I sort of had said, I'll do my best to help you. And then once I got into that moment, I was like, I don't want to let them down, but what I'm saying isn't registering with, with her. And so I found yeah. like these different ways in that phone conversation. It was the first time I ever said to anybody, Hey, you got to think of it like a tug of war. And now, yeah, okay. I, right. And now I say that here on the podcast and people are like, Oh, that's incredibly helpful because I've now honed that, that idea by saying it to people over and over again until I've gotten it down to a, uh, you know, like a, like a brisk, you know, couple of moments to make the, I actually said to somebody the other day, there's a, a parent I'm, considering talking to you privately. And she said, well, I don't know how much time I have. I said, don't worry. I can explain diabetes in between 42 and 55 minutes. And, <laughs> and I really feel like that now. Like I can give you, yeah. I can take somebody from very little understanding to a more firm footing in less than an hour. And, and if they can follow Would along you? and keep up, you know, Yep. Yeah, it's really it's it's not as difficult as people make it feel, I guess. I don't even know if I feel like I could do that though. <laughs> and I don't know I don't know if that's maybe that's because I'm um I'm spreading myself over every type of diabetes. Um but Well, you're also giving complete information. I'm kind of painting I'm sort of repainting your perspective when I talk to you. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm taking this thing you thought about insulin and, you know, people say, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. And I go, okay, well, here's why you shouldn't be afraid. And here's where we can take some of the fear away. You just give them a fresh coat of paint on their thoughts, because I think what happens to most people is just what happened to you. You get this very incomplete, you know, instruction when you're first diagnosed, and then you build off of this incomplete information, which only means you're making, you know, mistakes along the way, you know, you're assuming things you shouldn't assume, you're letting your fear get out yep. of you before you know it, you're so far away from your diagnosis, 
and so scared and freaked out and lost that, you know, what you really need is you need a reset. You know, you need somebody to push the button and yep. say, okay, let's start over. Think about it like this now. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you don't, um, if you don't just do that yourself, yeah, exactly. You just need someone to, to say you're, you're allowed, you're, it's okay. <laughs> just, just oh, do it. Oh, the permission's a huge part. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it really is silly because I it happens to me all the time where an adult says to me, I don't under now now that you've said it, I don't know why I wasn't doing that. Yep. And I yep. say this all the time and I believe it's completely true. Doctors, you know, police officers, teachers, you grow up your whole life, your parents tell you, just listen to those people. Don't don't question them. Yeah. You know, like they have your best interest at heart. They know better than you. They went to fancy college. You didn't go to fancy college, or whatever it ends up being. And so we're just we're indoctrinated through youth to just listen blindly. And so what yeah. I find what I find happens is that by the time people get to me, it's almost like a bad horror movie. Like they realize they should leave the house, but they can't bring themselves to do it. Like everyone around them's being killed and they're like, you know, my car's here. I should probably go. And instead they're like, no, what's the, what's the chances there's a murderer in the house with a knife? I'm probably imagining this whole thing. And they just stay till the bloody end. Right. And, and, when, yeah. and really yeah. you just need somebody to say, you need to be the real voice in their life. Who's yelling from the theater, get out of the house. And you know, and so yeah. once someone gives you permission, it's, funny how interesting because what am i really saying to you you should trust yourself more that's all, yeah exactly that's all i'm saying you know yeah do, do you yep. find that that is true with the people you meet or or i mean sometimes yeah definitely sometimes um you know sometimes it's it's that and sometimes it's just uh just that they've gotten random information from random people and they're just they're trying to follow follow what they've gotten from everyone, um, and and it's all just so obscure. Um, and I'm like, no, just just look at it yourself. Just listen. Just <laughs> you know, you see it going up and down. You know, you don't need to actually um, do what this person or that person said. Just do what doing what you do, what you see needs to be done kind of thing. Um, um, and, you know, listen to, you know, that test that you're doing or um, you don't, it doesn't need to be, you know, based on any particular, you know, any type of information or that kind of thing. It's, you know, in the here and now, what do you need to do? Yeah, Isabel, I'm going to tell you that I think that you are, you've completely hit on something that I don't think I've ever articulated, but now seems like such a great time to do it. When you go find other people online and you don't know them, you're listening to other mm. people who don't know what they're talking about too. They were there five minutes yeah, exactly. before you going, I don't know what to yeah. do. Then someone came around yeah. and told them something, which by the way, may or may not have been true or accurate yeah. or helpful. And then five minutes later, you show up and because they're there already before you, you think they know what they're talking about. Then they tell this BS thing to you and now you think it's a rule. And it's, yeah. all right, it's, it's, so community is incredibly important if it's, if it's, if it's good information, but how do you figure out what's good and what's bad when you don't know what the heck you're doing to begin with? 
It, you know mm, I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I could put a I could put a ten year old in the car and tell them that the brakes, the gas, the gas is the brake, and pretty much talk them into driving into a wall if I wanted to. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like every time you think the, the car, when you think the car needs to stop, push the one on the right. Even if it feels like you're speeding up, trust me, just keep pushing it down because that's a, what ends up. I mean, think about the person earlier with the, you know, the graph and it's people are. There's something wrong with your infusion set. It might be your insulin. Mm. It could be this. Yeah, exactly. Is the kid sick? <laughs> Did this happen? Has anybody uh, blah blah blah? But there's 19 different things. Now this person went from I don't know what to do. Someone please help me. To okay, we'll just consider these 19 things and um, try to yep. figure out which. And by the way, as I'm looking at the graph and I'm looking at what people are saying, it's my I don't know for sure. I'm not there. But it's my best estimation. Yeah, I'm like, this is not enough insulin. This is all this is. This guy's going to spend days throwing away infusion sets. And he's going to throw a $400 vial of insulin in the garbage. And and I'm just like, could you just like double your basil there for a little bit? And let's try bolusing again. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to come down in a half an hour. You you, you know, like. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm what I'm like. And um, it gets me into trouble sometimes as well, because uh, like. Other other health professionals and other um, specialists really don't really don't like changing things like that. <laughs> um, and morons. certainly morons, uh, Isabel. Okay, yeah. they, they just <laughs> don't. It, uh, see, you're gonna make me upset. We're having a nice time, and so I just it, oh, I know. it <laughs> makes me upset too. It really annoys me. <laughs> why do you think they won't just say to somebody the first and most obvious thing, which is? Uh, more insulin. You, you need more insulin. You're not using enough insulin and you're timing yep. it completely wrong. Do you think they don't? So this is interesting because I think you have a better insight in this than I do. Do they not know or do they not want to be the ones to make your blood sugar low? Um, I, I'm, I'm certain that they know. They have to know, right? But I don't I know. Think, I, think, I think that's a huge assumption. I really do. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I think, I think it. I, I, I would think it has to lie in that they don't be want to be the ones that to make your blood sugar low. Yeah, I would, I would crappy. think so. It's real. It's really <laughs> terrible. It really is to let someone live an entire life with an elevated blood sugar to give them the stress and the anxiety yeah. and the health issues that come with that, and to make them think that 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 this is like quote just diabetes and there's nothing you can do about it. So just live this horror, you know, every day and every night forever and ever. And then this person who's telling you that 100% knows either it's not true or knows they don't know what they're talking about. Like, I don't know how with good conscience yeah, that's just horrible. you can give people yeah. that advice, right? Like a, 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 real, no. a real person who was concerned for your health would say to you, I have no idea. Go find someone mm, who does. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, not, that's right. Not like, hey, let's flip a coin and try this now. Or, or I like the, I like people with a graph. The kids' blood sugar is two hundred and fifty all day long, and they said, oh, I contacted our, um, our, our endo, and we're moving up our basal rates by ten percent. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, what will that do? Make the kids' blood sugar two thirty all day long? Like, what are you talking yeah, exactly. about? It's insane, right? Yeah, oh, I think sometimes that like um, the the ones who are looking after it, you know, they don't they don't have diabetes. They just don't quite understand. You know what else is often misunderstood? People's desire to not have a ton of carbs in their food. 
Some people just don't want that. Some people are looking for high protein, no grain, and low carbs. They want nutritious and they want tasty. Some people are just like, oh, just eat stuff with carbs in it. But that might not be for you. And if that's how you want to eat, you're absolutely in luck because as a listener to the Juice Box podcast, you will save 20% on your order at realgoodfoods.com. Now, Real Good Foods has an incredible selection of foods. I don't know which one you're going to want. You are going to have to head over to the website and check it out for yourself. But I know there's cauliflower crust pizza, which is like all the rage right now. They also have pizzas with chicken crust, like crust made out of chicken. Gobble, gobble. How about cheese, pork, or chicken enchiladas? They even have chicken poppers with pepperoni, mozzarella, jalapeno, and white cheddar, artichoke and cheese. And if you can't decide which one of those you want, just get a mixed case for pepperoni, for jalapeno. You can do whatever you want. The cauliflower pizzas come in vegetable, pepperoni, margarita, and cheese. I think what I'm saying here is that you need choice, and Real Good Foods offers that choice. You want to make the choice to eat low carb? Do it. You don't want grains in your products? Do it. You want to decide between jalapeno and pepperoni poppers? Mix up a case any way you want. You do it. And you can do all of that while saving 20% on your entire order, plus getting free two-day shipping. That's just for listening to the Juicebox podcast. So go to realgoodfoods.com, and don't forget to use Juicebox at checkout. Or understand exactly what needs to be changed or by how much, um, or understand why that is as well. Um, and they just they just kind of go twinkle toes around it you know they just really don't change it by enough um to make any significant differences obviously you've noticed um twinkle toes is a strong (laughs) candidate for the title of this episode just so you know um no and it's it's absolutely infuriating because and i've used this stupid analogy before but if i taught you today how to drive and you'd never driven before and I told you, look, don't press on the brake too hard because it'll send the car into a skid or something like that. So just press down halfway. And then you went out and yep. you were driving and, I don't know, you were driving towards a tree and you pressed the brake down halfway, but you weren't stopping. Would you just continue on with my advice until you crashed into the tree? <laughs> like, right? And, of course not. Well, yeah, of course <laughs> not, except that's what we all do with, with our with diabetes, yeah. right? We're just like, yeah. well, the guy said to do this. You know, and yeah. it's... And, and how is it not, listen. How, how does it not change? Yeah, yeah. How does yeah. it not change? Right, right. How doesn't someone, now, and we do see but, small yeah. increments. I have people who go back to their endos all the time, and I love you people who do this. They go back, they have a, a significant change in their A1C, they have a significant change in their stability. The doctor says, this is a miracle, which by the way, it's not a miracle. It's just they understand how to use their insulin now. What happened? And they tell them. Yeah, and it took a lot of hard work as well. Yes. And they tell them, look, I learned this on a podcast. Be silly. You know, (laughs) disregard me if you want. But I listened to you for years, and this is what we got. And I listened to a rando guy on the internet, and this is what I got. Right, right. And and that really is the interesting part. I was trying to explain this to the AADA the other other day because I'm really trying to get this message into educators' hands. Um, But – it doesn't really take that long. Like I take, I, no. I, I've seen people, most emails, most of your correspondence back to me, people who find it clicks for them. 
usually yeah. indicate 90 days. It took yeah. me about three months is what most of your emails say. In about, the people who really struggle yeah. will say it took me two visits to the endo. Or, and then when you talk to them a little more, you realize they heard you, but they got stuck on one thing and they couldn't make the decision. Some people will be like, I, I hear what you're saying, but my A1C didn't really go down that much. And then as I prod them a little more, there's, well, I don't pre-ball still. I'm like, well, okay, well, that's why. Yeah. You, you know, or yeah. I haven't been as bold with my insulin as I, as I think I should be. Okay, well, that's why. Yeah. And, and that's a thing, yeah. you know, they got to get over. But. And all it, mm, all it really ever comes down to is more insulin. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so stupid. But yeah, easy. people are just ever so scared of it. Yeah. And, and by the way, let's say this. Totally reasonable. Right, right. Like it's completely yeah. reasonable to, yeah. be, to be, you know, I mean, you and I are talking in the beginning of October and just last yeah. night, the episode with Izzy Meehan went up and I'm, I'm sure you haven't heard it mm. yet, but Izzy, you know. No, I haven't, but I've seen, yeah, your podcast, right. your, your blog and posts. Yeah. And so it's so amazing because by now, by the time people hear this, they'll have listened to Izzy. And I really want them mm. to revisit this idea for a second. Like, it's easy to say, Izzy used too much insulin. She passed out and she crashed her car. It's a very, yeah. it's a very basic look at what happened. What really happened, yeah. if you listen to her, is that she was normally a very healthy eater who one day just got incredibly hungry at school and decided she was going for it, ate a bunch of <laughs> kind of junky food that she doesn't no normally eat, Normally, go. yeah. Right? She didn't know how to bolus for it and she didn't pre bolus for it. And so yeah. she gave herself some insulin. Her blood sugar started shooting up. She waited pro too long to try to address it. Then she addressed it with a bolus and then it kept going and she addressed it again. And even as that happened, a number of hours later, she was pretty, her blood sugar was good. It was very, mm. it was very stable and at a good number. The one thing she didn't take into account was that the mistiming of the insulin. Like, sure, what she put in was able to yeah. stop this giant spike and bring it back, but she forgot that pretty soon the insulin the insulin was going to still be active while the food was going out of her system. And then yeah. she, she told me she counted on her CGM to tell her if she was getting low. She made this great analogy. Mm -hmm. She made this great analogy. She said, "I used to treat my Dexcom." like a GPS. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? You know? And she said, I follow my GPS wherever I need to go. But the truth is because I do that, I don't understand the roads at all. I don't ever know where I'm at. I yep, just yep, do, I do what this yep. thing tells me. And she said, and I've been mm -hmm. doing that with my Dexcom for years and it's always been okay. But this one time her blood sugar dropped faster than the technology could, could, mm -hmm. could keep up with. And so she, she, up, yeah. she did not get an alarm that told her, hey, something's going bad because the thing didn't know it was going bad when it happened. And you can look, yeah. you know, and then I asked her afterwards about what do you still think about the technology? She said, oh, it's amazing. I use it all the time and I still wear it and mm -hmm. it saved my life a bunch of times. It just this one time, it didn't, it didn't, it was a confluence of events, right? That, that led to this low blood sugar. But, yeah. but in the end... Some people will listen and hear Izzy took too much insulin and crashed her car. Mm. But that's not what happened. Yep. Izzy probably took the right amount of insulin and completely mistimed it with the food. Yeah. That's what really probably happened. And mm. you'll never know for sure, but 
you know, I think her story was incredibly important to share, but at the same time, I was scared that, mm, people, definitely. Would, that people would get fearful and say, oh, see? So, you know, this is maybe mm-hmm. my, my way of coming along afterwards and telling people, look, you can't be afraid because you heard okay. her story, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah, you can't be scared because you hear any stories like that. You've just got to keep on going. But it's the same as with anything, it's, you know. I've, I've heard you use car crashes as an analogy for for insulin numerous times and that's exactly you know it's exactly right you know you can't can't be scared of driving because you you've seen a car crash you still have to go out and do it life in general is exactly like that you can't be i mean i switched recently to the um statistic that uh, a couple of times a year a large chunk of frozen urine falls out of an airliner and like hits a house or something like that. Oh yeah, I heard that one. I don't, I, yeah. I don't hide in the house because of my fear of frozen urine flying out of the sky. Uh, it just would be. Yeah. And and if we if we made a list of all the things to be scared of, then and and you actually would never leave the house. Well, and you heeded that list, you would then have a a, a mental illness. But you, yeah, you, completely. You really would. It, you would you would beat yep. yourself into. A, a, a spot where you would say, well, I, I mean, why am I even alive? If I, I just sit in this space, like, like hoping the urine doesn't hit me. And, and, and so, yeah. such a funny thought. Um, uh, I get such funny images in my head when you say it. <laughs> I appreciate that because in my mind, it's like a big iceberg and it's yellow and, it, and, you know, and, and it's coming down like at this incredible rate and, and then it hits yeah. you out. Then later you're outside, you go, do you smell that? What is that? And why is there a hole in the roof? And, and so, <laughs> My, my, I just the point has to be that you got diabetes and that sucks, but this is your reality. This is your truth. So move forward with it and do the best you can with it. And and don't lie yeah. to your don't lie to yourself about what the best you can is. I, I think mm. that's, that's yeah. one of the scarier things I see people do is they talk themselves into believing they're doing everything they can. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yeah, that's right. And I don't. I, and some, go ahead. I'm sorry. Some people, some people are, um, uh, some people can take it on and just you know, uh, live with it and do it, do it right or try to do it right. And I think some people just, um, you have to be in the right frame of mind or you have to be in the right place to start doing something like that. I just I have so many clients who. Um, or have a few clients who, you know, you just work so hard at trying to get them to just do a bolus, <laughs> just do anything. Just do um, and, and you, it just doesn't get through to them yet. These are mostly younger, younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, it just does not even register with them kind of thing, or it registers on the day, <laughs> but then, but then the next day it doesn't you find out it hasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think the other side too, and I do want to kind of like add on to what I said is there are some people have legitimate illnesses like, like, you know, anxiety mm. and depression and things that stop them from doing that. I'm not talking to you. Yeah. You, you, no. you people have a different hill to climb. I'm talking about everyone yeah. else who just, you know, doesn't pre bolus for a meal eats cereal, blood sugar goes to 400 and they go, Oh, that's just diabetes. Nothing I can do about it. And, and just yeah. moves along their way because none of that is true. And moves along. Yeah. Right. Right. No, yeah, none exactly. of that is true. I mean, what I tell you, Arden's, you just need more Ar- <laughs> exactly. What was Arden's blood sugar? I have 88 and stable. It's 85 and stable now. 
So yeah. I, with no heads up, with a food I've never seen before, with a food I mm. don't know how much in, um, carbs is in, I have no context for what she's about to eat. And I, yeah. I hit this number because yeah, I, I used... I, well, I use these kind of five or six basic concepts that we talk about on the podcast all the time. And yeah, when they come exactly. down to it, it's what you said in the very beginning. I just sort of stay fluid. You know, I, just, yeah. I don't get rigid about it. I don't care so much about the math. I don't care. I mean, here's the deal, right? I look at that hash brown in my mind and I imagine that in any normal situation, if I was able to pre-bolus for it, it would be two units, Right. But I can't pre-bolus for it because she's hit me with this, I'm walking down right now to get food. So at a 140 blood sugar, I'm just like, okay, we'll put in two units. Because she's going to be eating mm. in five or six minutes. These two units is not scary. Right it's, not even, it's not even a proper <laughs> yep. pre-bolus. So then I, then I add the extra basil and the extra insulin. Why? Because now I'm over-bolusing the hash brown to make up for the lack yep. of pre-bolus. Right? If, if you exactly. would have let me pre-bolus for the hash brown... Maybe I only would have used unit three quarters, two units, maybe, and and would and it would have been okay if I could have created yeah. the right kind of downward drag on her blood sugar as the hash brown was going in, but I couldn't, I couldn't, so I just over bolus to make up for the lack of pre bolus. Yeah, people don't, people generally don't think like that, and it's mm. you know it, it really is, it, it stems from one of my first like visuals in my mind about diabetes. When I tried to explain to somebody what it was like to use insulin before I really understood how to use it, I said I, I, I said somebody one time, it's like there's a big scale, like a scale of justice in front of me, like with you know the big dishes on either side that you can put stuff in and you find level. Except those dishes have holes in them, and on one side I'm dumping in carbs, and on the other side I'm dumping in insulin. And I'm just <laughs> trying to keep them level, you, you know, and it's a little more carbs, a little more insulin. And that's how it used to feel to me. It used to feel like a panic, like I could never catch up to it. But I realized now that was just the beginning of a thought that now later kind of culminated in the idea of you're creating a tug of war that you're hoping neither side wins. And you can't let, and you can't let one side pull first, and you can't let one side pull harder. And when they're both tired and they stop, they need to be tired and stop at the same time. You can't, one team can't get tired and 10 minutes later, the other team get tired because then you're going to end up being overpulled in one direction or the other. And, and so how do you do that, right? You start to figure out how insulin works in your body. But it's not that hard. Like, it really isn't. Like, I, but people all the time like, well, my, my blood sugar is always 150. It won't go down. And I was like, all right, well, how much would it go down if you put in another unit? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, Why? Like, well, I, I mean, what if I get low? I'm like, well, what are you, you're not, like, you know, you're not in the Serengeti. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if it's 80 diagonal down and you're like, oh, God, I just put this insulin in, like, 20 <laughs> minutes that, yeah. ago. Try to realize all you've really done is really well pre-bolused for whatever it is you're about to eat to stop this drop. You're not risking you, you know, low like, after, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you do that ever? Like, do you ever miss, get really high? And then crush it to bring it down, realizing that what you are main- yeah. yeah, what you're mainly doing is pre-bolusing for the next food you're going to eat. Oh, completely. Yep. I, yeah. Yep. Yeah, see. Yep. Completely. Actually, I did that just tonight. <laughs> yeah, because it's, uh, it's a long day for you, right? right? Yeah. Well, I went to sleep and then I've I've set my alarm and gotten up. <laughs> you're a real adult. You're a real adult as well. Good for you. I would have stayed up and then been on the. Are you bre- are you breastfeeding? 
Yeah. Oh my God, really? That's terrible. Those kids yep. always need Gotta something. Gotta get sick where I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, so tell me, tell me a little bit about like, you've had two babies in a short amount of time. How did you find yep. being pregnant with diabetes? Um, I didn't find it too bad. Like I had done my research. Um, you had someone on the podcast that I had already previously um, looked up. She did a ginger book about type one and pregnancy. Yep. Have you listened to the previous episode of the podcast? The one where Jake Leach came back from Dexcom to talk about the upgrades to the G6 mobile app? How about you can say, hey Siri, what's my blood sugar now? And it tells you. I'm already getting notes from people who are telling me that the hey Siri functionality is crazy helpful while you're driving. If you haven't heard that episode, head back after this and check it out. But to the rest of you, to those of you who don't have a Dexcom yet, I want to speak to you in a very deep and soulful voice. Wouldn't you like to know what direction and speed your blood sugar is moving in? Wouldn't you like to be able to see your child's blood sugar while they're off at a friend's house or at school? Wouldn't it be great to see how long it takes insulin to start affecting your blood sugar? Don't you think I should start speaking even deeper? Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to find out everything about the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. My daughter Arden's A1C has been between 5.2 and 6.2 for five solid years. And you know because you listen to this podcast that I accomplished those numbers, largely due to the data and information that I get back from the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Would you like to make a real change and find comfort? Try a Dexcom G6 today. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or use the links in your show notes or juiceboxpodcast.com. Results shared are mine. Yours may vary. Deep voice. Dexcom. Try it today. So I had read her book and um, kind of done my research and I, I already change all of my rates and all that by myself anyway. So I was kind of set for it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pregnancy was pretty, pretty cruisy. It's crazy how, how much more insulin the body demands. Um, but, but yeah, I just kind of went along and um, I was a bit of a pain in pain in my specialist's butts here because I, um, didn't want to um, induce. They, I don't know if it's the same in America, but they, with anyone with type one diabetes or diabetes, they um, they want to induce at thirty seven or thirty eight weeks. And you you said no to that here, um, but yeah, I said no, um, and that I wanted to get to forty weeks. You know, if nothing else was wrong, and nothing else was wrong for either of them, like no high blood pressure or their size was pretty normal and all of that sort of stuff. So I was like, well, nope, I'm going to just carry on and see how it goes. Um, and so, yeah, did that with both of them and got to 39.6 with the first um, and then was induced because they certainly won't let me go over 40, um, unfortunately. Um, but then with the second, just everything went um, went into labor naturally and had it all without anything, which was cool. Excellent. Good for you. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's, um, 
so it's interesting because you said you read Ginger Vieira's book, right? And yeah. And 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 the one thing that you thought to mention while you were talking was I make I already make my adjustments to my insulin when I need to. So imagine that a big piece of what Ginger was telling you was you can't wait three months to go back to a doctor to make oh, an adjustment exactly. to your insulin. You have to do it yourself. Yeah. Which yeah. is not just great advice for being pregnant with diabetes. It's great no, advice great advice for, for any time. Right. Because because what is the real goal? What are they what's the A one C they put on you when you're you say you're going to get pregnant, your OB says, I want your A1C, what, under six? Is that what they tell you? Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. And so, I mean, is anyone listening who doesn't want their A1C under six? I, I, you exactly. Know, right. Well, so there are tenu- people, but, but yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I, I was talking to someone the other day um, who said, you know, my A1C is seven and a half, and I'm happy with it there. But, but that person mm. had diabetes for 20-some years, and I didn't argue with him. I mean, it's his life. He can absolutely do whatever he wants with it. Um, but I want, what I wanted to say to him was your theory about your A1C is it's just preconceived from what someone told you 20 years ago when mm, exactly. a, a, the CGM you're wearing didn't exist and the insulin pump you're wearing didn't work nearly as well as the one you're wearing now and the insulin you're using didn't work nearly as good as the insulin you were using, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so you're using... You're basically using 1980s diabetes advice with 2018 technology. Mm. And I mean, like I said, I wish him nothing but luck, but I, I just think he's stuck in an idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you also get those people that say, you know, I'm happy at, at 7.5 or wherever it is because I, I feel really low at 6. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but yeah, that's because you're Your you know, running a little bit higher and you're accustomed to it. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, now if, they, if you were to, I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. No, no, I was finished. <laughs> <laughs> you're making me laugh. Okay, so, um, and and I think, listen, if you're a person who's like, look, I'm going to keep my blood sugar at 140 because I'm scared to death, and this is good, and uh, you're, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm I'm certainly not mm. saying that. Yeah, what I'm saying what I'm it's saying not is, terrible. Right. Don't tell me that 110 isn't possible or 90 is not possible as an average blood sugar during the day. Don't tell me that yeah. it's impossible. Just tell me it's not something you're interested in doing. That's a different yeah. story. And the reason why yeah. that distinction is important is because that when you go out into the world and tell people, oh, it's 140 because I'm scared of being low, you've now told then those they- people that that's the rule. Yeah, and it's not the rule; it's the rule for you. It, it's not, and also and, that there's something good. to be scared of, but like yes. you're you're spreading the word that it's scary, right? But it's going to kill you, you eventually. Know, it's it's the matter of when. Like, whoa, yeah. what? And 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 so listen, it could happen to any of us. That's the that's the that's the frozen urine yeah. part of diabetes. Boy, that kind of yeah. that really is very close to the title <laughs> of, the, of the podcast. The frozen urine. Yeah, part that's of a good one. Uh, but 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 that's the that's the part of it. That's the leap you have to make here. And listen, some people yeah. don't drive their car over forty miles an hour because they think it makes it less likely to be in an accident. What I'm going to tell you is it makes you more likely to get rear-ended by me because I'm going seventy. Mm. And and yep. that, okay, I, and that's maybe my fault. But I hear that. Uh, <laughs> so it's a theory idea, but. It's so funny. I this is going to seem disconnected for a second, but I saw a person on social media just this morning say that they're blocking people and it feels so good. And I my the inference was they had heard too many kind of mean nasty things 
around the Judge Kavanaugh um, confirmation here in America, and they had had enough of it. They didn't say mm-hmm. what side they were on, which makes this point even better. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if they thought, you know, this guy's getting railroaded. Or, oh my God, can you believe what this guy's doing? And we're still like, I don't know what side of it they were on. Didn't matter, right? Yeah. What mattered was. I'm blocking people I don't agree with, which there's a debate in there one way or the other, what the value is and just showing yourself the things you agree with. Right. But another person comes into the thread and says, I just had to block someone too because of how offensive what they said was. And here's what Mm. I thought. I wonder if what that other person said was really offensive or not, or if it was just offensive. Well, that's exactly right. To To them. them. Which doesn't yeah. make it which doesn't make it wrong. If it's offensive to you, that's fine. But when you're explaining it to other people, the lack of that word in your sentence directs people to believe that you're right and someone else was wrong. I don't you, you're right yeah. for you. You might not be right for me. I might have heard what that person said, what they alluded to, and think, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And mm-hmm. or I'm not offended by that at all. I think that's honest. Or any number of other things, but we 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 don't, and it's reasonable. We don't think about our own thoughts as wrong, but you yeah. really have to examine what you're thinking because look around your life. Unless your life is perfect, you've been wrong sometimes. You've made a decision about something and thought this is going to lead me to this, and it didn't lead you there. And there probably was a decision back then that would have gotten you there. So just understand that everything that pops into your pretty little head or my pretty little head isn't exactly right. It's just something I agree with based on my knowledge of the world, which is fairly incomplete because I was asleep in high school. So, (laughs) you know, it really, you, you have to see, if you don't see that, well, I think that's something you should work on personally, but if you don't don't see that when you're telling other people about diabetes, that you know, your 200 blood sugar that you can't affect, you know, when you say that's just diabetes, what you're really saying is, I don't really know the answer to this question. Mm. Yeah. And, beca- and right, and you could, but what you've done is you've just talked someone else into believing there's no answer to. That's the dangerous part. That's the part that makes me upset. And somehow, if you yep, go back definitely. and listen to this hour, you will see that I brought something full circle. And not even <laughs> I know how I did it. I'm really a magician. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm mostly joking and partly really proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's quite impressive. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's quite impressive is now the title yep. of the episode. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's qu- it's quite impressive. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to throw the whole three together into like a hodgepodge of words that don't make sense really. <laughs> I, I want to ask you what, if you don't mind sharing a couple mm. of things. First of all, do yep. you worry about your children having diabetes one day, or how do you think about it? Uh, good question. Um, I I don't worry about it as such, but I I wouldn't like if they were to get it. Um, Fair enough. But <laughs> um, I don't. But I don't worry about it. Um, I don't. I don't do trial net or any of those things unfortunately i did do i don't know if you've heard of um endaya i have heard of that but what is it i I know the word i don't um, know what it is yeah it's another it's another study of type 1 diabetes so it's environmental determinants of type 1 diabetes um and it's a study that they've been doing here in 
uh, starting in people that are type 1 or have type 1, I think, in the family um, and who are pregnant. And they start, they start the tests in pregnancy and they also man, uh, get information on your diet and um, everything like that and do blood tests and stuff. And then once the baby is born, they start a whole bunch of tests on, um, on the baby as well as the mum, as well as the baby's diet and everything pretty much. Okay. Um, and, and just to trying try to, to determine like what outside influences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I was I was involved in that initially, but um, in I live in Canberra, in Australia, and it's one of the smaller city centres, I guess. Mm -hmm. And there's all a lot of other areas have like um, hospitals that do these tests, but um, but Canberra Canberra didn't, and you you literally got sent out like a package of testing material. And you had to do it on the baby, and um, I was just like, "Yeah, no, it's not going to happen." Reached like, your line. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a nurse, and I know how to do every single one of these tests. Like, I could do it, but I just cannot find time to do it. I'm like, it's not happening. <laughs> I got you. Um, so well, you just said you different. said you don't do trial on that, and you said you, you. It sounded a little like you were like, "Oh, but I'm sorry, I don't." But do you not do it because you? <laughs> don't have the time because you don't want to know if your kids have the markers or because like, well, there's a reason you don't do it. What, what is it? Yeah. I, I, it's partly because I don't want to know, but then I also do want to know I, the reason is flimsy. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I just don't do it. <laughs> I absolutely understand. I'll tell you whose answer um, from a parent who also has type one. Mm. Whose answer has always stuck with me the most? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, this is the end. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam Fold. He's an American baseball player. He was on the show mm -hmm. a couple years ago, and I imagine I'll have him back pretty soon. But he just—I asked him, you know, "Does he ever think about about his kids?" And he said, "I live a really great life with type one diabetes. Like, if they get type one, yeah. they get it." Yeah, and that's kind of that's my kind of attitude as well. Yeah, um, I really like that answer. Even though I kind of, I kind of would like to know, but I really don't want to know because I don't think I. Well, I'm sure it would change something I did. Like I would probably try and go low carb or whatever if if I knew they were at risk. But then I don't. I don't think I want to know because I don't want to change that for them. I don't want to. And then you know, if they were to get it, that's fine. We can deal with it. But. But if we were to change all of that prior to, like, what's the point? Because they're going to get it anyway. Yeah. You're, of course, going to want to check out DancingForDiabetes.com, but don't forget to also find them on Instagram and Facebook. That's Dancing, the number four, Diabetes.com. Yeah, my, my fear, we did my son once. He didn't have markers. And mm. I didn't keep up with it, to be perfectly honest, because I started thinking – if he did have one of those markers, I'd look at him like a ticking time bomb then. Like I would yeah, always yeah. just be looking at him wondering when this thing was going to happen. And I thought that's just not healthy for any of us. Yeah. And I, it, it did slow me down. Like I, I have to tell you, as crazy as it is, I, it, the boy's never shown any indications of type one so far. Um, and as he was leaving for college, you know, I dropped him off. And in the middle of that very emotional time, about a day or two before we took him, 
I pulled him aside and I was like, look, I don't want you to worry about this. This is nothing to worry about. Don't think twice about this ever. But if you start losing weight or urinating a lot or get really hungry and stop using the bathroom, yep. those are signs of type 1 diabetes and I need you not to ignore them. Yeah. By the way, that's not going to happen likely. Uh, so try not to yeah. worry about it because exactly. I just thought like, isn't it funny, right? I just thought, well, I interview so many people who hit stressors at change of life situations and they probably they have the markers already, and then these stressors sort of. But like, they've just been like it's things. because of this. Yeah, yep. yeah they yep. always think it's you know everyone always wants to assign blame to why they have type one diabetes. The science will tell you it was yep. pro- is going whenever it happened, it was going to happen eventually, and maybe you got into a stressful situation that maybe sped it up, or you got sick and it sped it up, but it was coming, you know. Um, and so, as I told him that, I felt I I partly felt badly for putting it in his head, and I partly thought, you know what, you know what, this is no different than saying, "Hey, listen, you got to use a condom." You, you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like now I, you're completely empowering him with yeah. that information. Like, right. I, I thought you know, so too. You're, he, you're bettering him. Yep. Th- then a week into yeah. school, he got sick. Like, he got a terrible head cold, started losing weight. And I was like, oh, here it comes. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And um, he's fine fine now, by the way. But it, it, it just – it. my point is, is I get where you're coming from with not wanting to know. Mm. And I also – And I, I agree with – I agree with so. ticking time bomb factor. Like, I think if I, if I knew – God, like, I, I occasionally – check my my kids blood glucose levels as it is like if i knew oh my gosh like i'd probably be <laughs> doing time. it a lot more regularly it's time for your 830 bg check mom i don't have diabetes yeah, exactly. no we do it every day at 830 that's don't not, care <laughs> yeah exactly uh hello i need a prescription for a dexcom cgm for my kid uh do they have diabetes <laughs> no but it's coming and I can't, you know, it, it's just a, it's a weird space to be in. It, it really is. Yeah, about, um, I think so too. Any other type one in your family line? Uh, no type one. I've had people with type two diagnosed since I was diagnosed. Um, but then the only other thing is um, thyroid, thyroid stuff. Other endo stuff, yeah. endocrine stuff. That's yeah. what usually my, right up my, my wife's whole bloodline, the female side of my wife's bloodline all has different endocrine issues. Not one of them repeats. Yeah. It's really something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny. But, but they all have something. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. So it was pretty, it was pretty, when you were diagnosed, that wasn't something anybody. No, yeah. Really Completely out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think they said um, my my parents looked a bit into into my family and whatever and said, "Oh, your your great great grandpa might have had diabetes." I'm like, "Does that matter?" <laughs> the, oh, the baby's here. The baby's here. <laughs> oh, do, can we say the baby's name? Uh, Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. He's gonna need to be a hunter. He lives in Australia. Uh, so, <laughs> how 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 old is Hunter? Hunter is three months. Wow. That's so incredible. You made a person. That is really, really that's pretty damn impressive, I gotta tell you. Is he is he hungry? Are we is this the first breastfeeding on the podcast that's ever happened? It quite possibly is, yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny now that I said that I thought, how do I know someone else wasn't breastfeeding on the podcast? I never asked before. <laughs> nah, you would have heard something. Although Hunter's he's had bronchiolitis lately and he's got a bit of a cough now so you can hear him a lot more than any other child does he have a favorite side just one no 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 neither of our neither of mine did yeah they'll go they'll go wherever they go how do you find how long did you breastfeed with your first one 
for 18 months. You are a trooper, Isabel. Seriously, <laughs> that's well done. And and this is your intention with Hunter as well? Yeah, yeah, just until, well, Austin is my first and he kind of, I think he self-weaned because my breast milk probably changed flavor, I guess, when I was pregnant, maybe. Oh, I see. Um, um, so, yeah, he self kind of weaned. So I guess, yeah, I'll do it until, until... How did that feel to have Austin look up at you and go, the quality of your product has dropped. I'm going to go on to something else now. <laughs> did you feel? Did it- <laughs> I didn't really care too much. Um, it was, it was a slow period and he just, he just kind of like that was that. dwindled and stopped, yeah. like reduced kind of slowly. And yeah, I, it hasn't really bothered me. I don't know. I don't know the feelings that people, some people get when they're like, you didn't, yeah. "Oh my god, it was the last breastfeed." Oh, I wish I wish I could have. I don't know, done what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I just imagine your 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 toddler sitting around with other babies, going, "I used to go to this great coffee shop, but they changed the formula," and so um, I just I stopped. I'm looking for another place now. Uh, oh, that's really cool. Good for you. Oh my gosh. Well, that's incredible. Like uh, how does breastfeeding change? Does it change? I guess I should ask your, your self care. Like, do you have uh, to eat more? Does that not, mean- for me. not for me really? Uh, normally I think people's blood sugars go low with breastfeeding. Um, but I've noticed that mine have no pattern whatsoever while I'm breastfeeding. So like I can, I can go high, I can go lower, I can just stay stable. So it's, CGM is my best friend, basically. Well, um, and I'd be lost without it. <laughs> yeah, which one do you use? Um, I'm I'm on the Medtronic 640G with the Enlite. Um, okay. Oh, you're using the. It, how does that work for you? Is it keeping your blood sugar at that 120 spot pretty regularly, or? Uh, no, no. Uh, so that I think that's the 670. Oh, that's the 670. I'm sorry. That's a seventy now, so I can um I can set my own target <laughs> So I, I'm generally around the fives, I guess. Okay. That's my target. That's yeah. excellent. That's really cool. Well, I know yeah. I want to let you go out of respect to what you're doing, and at the same time, I feel like for the okay. podcast, I need to keep you on while you're breastfeeding. <laughs> but I am going to let you go because it is very late. What what time is it? Is it one in the morning? It is. Midnight. Midnight. It's midnight where you're at. Yeah. You, are, you are feeding your child. You've done an over an hour podcast with me, which <laughs> I really appreciate. Did I leave anything? Did we not say anything that you wanted to say? I always like to check at the end. Um, I guess you didn't ask about any complications, of which I have none. I just wanted to. <laughs> Look at <laughs> you bragging. Okay. You just wanted to brag a little at the end, as well. She's I like, just I... like to let people know that it's possible. You know, there you don't have to have had diabetes for, what, 24 years and and have complications. Yeah. No, you're not bragging. You're trying to tell people, look, there's a real, there's a real path to, you know, and listen, I think you, would you, would you agree? You do, you do as best you can. You do the right stuff. And yeah. there's some, listen, you, there are people out there who could keep their A1C at five and a half and, mm. and still develop a complication. Right. But you're putting yourself, oh, the baby's so cute. I want a baby now. I, you know, I've been a stay at home dad for 18 years I'm basically a lady, is um, is the rule, and so when the baby and makes why that noise, I haven't had a baby. I tried. I couldn't get pregnant. It was really something. Um, 
I tell you, I read all the books. I felt like I was doing it right, but it just didn't. It didn't pan out for me for some. Out for you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I've I've moved on. So. Yep. <laughs> okay. Unless you can make come. that kid. Ma- What's that? I'm sorry. You take the hits as they come. <laughs> exactly. I'm just rolling with this uh, the same way as everything else. Now, unless you can make that baby make one more cute noise, and I don't know how you actually make a baby do that, I'm gonna let you go so you can so you can do what you need to do. I don't know how but. either. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. And thanks for the podcast. Like, it's awesome. I, I really try to tell as many people as I can here. I'm telling all my all my uh, certainly type 1 clients um, about it and saying, yeah, got a lot of great information. And, yeah, I think, I think everyone well, I, can get a lot of value from it. Thank you. I, I very much appreciate that you do that. I appreciate it when everybody does that. But that is uh, – that's yeah. definitely why it's growing. And I – just had to put together my proposals for 2019 um, sponsorships, and as I as I as I oh, as I looked at the numbers, I was like, "Wow, this thing is really growing," and it is it is totally because somebody like you is out there telling someone about it. So thank you very much. No problem. How long have you been doing it again? Oh gosh, um, I started in January of 2015, so 20- I'll be start I'll be starting my fourth year in a few months. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna have two. It'll have two hundred episodes probably mm, by the time, yeah, by the time the fourth year starts. Oh, yep, very cool. So it's pretty cool. I find it very. Um, I find I find it incredibly fulfilling. So I I can't imagine not doing it. Yep, that's good. Cool. Well, thank you again. Not a problem. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Hunter. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Well, I definitely want to start by thanking Isabel for staying up so late to record this episode. I also want to thank Dexcom, Omnipod, Dancing for Diabetes, and Real Good Foods. Don't forget that you can find links to all the sponsors at juiceboxpodcast.com or in the links that are right there in your podcast player. There's show notes in there. Just tap. You'll see. It's a pretty long episode, but before I let you go, I want to remind you to leave ratings and reviews in iTunes because they help the show be found. And if you need proof that that's true, here it is. You guys have been leaving a lot of really great ratings and reviews lately, which I appreciate. Because of that, the podcast is steadily in the top 200 in its category, has been for like six weeks. We used to pop in and out of the top 200, but now we're just there. We're like there to stay. So... That's all you guys. Thank you very, very much. When you leave those ratings and those reviews, that helps iTunes understand that people like the show. It also helps them find the show. When they find the show, they'll subscribe. When they subscribe, we end up in the top 200. Not only that, but we are the best and most well-reviewed diabetes podcast online. And for that, a sincere thanks. Don't forget to check out the Diabetes Pro Tips series if you haven't seen those. And I'll be back next week.